Hello from Los Angeles and welcome to this week's Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. My name is Michael Benner. We're coming to you live at 10 a.m. Sunday, September 1st, Labor Day weekend in the United States. And uh, our topic for the day today in the Mystery School is, in a sense, twofold. In another sense, it's really the same thing. And that's the law of attraction and the philosophical concept called karma. Karma and the law of attraction. What do they have to do with each other? Well, as I said, in a big sense, they're exactly the same thing. And yet, largely as the result of a film, a DVD, and a book that was released about seven years ago called The Secret by Rhonda Byrne, people discuss the law of attraction without any sense of its karmic underpinnings and without any consideration of the karmic consequences of using the law of attraction, there's a good chance you're going to make a fool out of yourself and end up looking like the sorcerer's apprentice. And we'll talk a little bit about that classic story from the late 18th century. Actually, the sorcerer's apprentice was written by Goethe in 1797. And you probably know it, as I know it, as a clip from the Disney animated classic Fantasia, which was released originally in 1940 in movie theaters around the United States. It's an interesting story. Fantasia traveled with a live orchestra. It wasn't released the way movies usually were. It was screened with a live orchestra playing this classical music. And besides the segment on The Sorcerer's Apprentice featuring Mickey Mouse, no dialogue whatsoever, just this incredible music. You remember, I'm sure, many other famous clips from that classic animated film, Fantasia, The Dancing Hippos, I remember, for example. It was a wonderful film, and Then later in the 1950s and 60s, we saw it on television, at first in black and white, and later in color. And so I think everybody probably knows Mickey Mouse as the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and the trouble he gets into when he begins to use magic and conjuring for his own self-interest, his own self-centered or selfish purposes. And, you know, traditionally in metaphysics and mysticism, any use of spiritual laws, like the law of attraction, is revealed by Rhonda Byrne's book, The Secret. For the ego, or for the separated self, without regard for the greater good of the greatest number, is really dark magic. It's black magic, or at least gray magic, and has been warned by great teachers throughout the ages to consider the karmic consequences. Because karma does not operate separately as a universal law from the law of attraction. It is, in fact, the same thing. And that's why it's so ironic 
that seven years after the release of The Secret, you still have people, some of them actually featured in the film, who are attempting to make a living by telling you that using this ancient spiritual concept, the law of attraction, you can magnetize wealth, prosperity, big houses, fast cars, luxury items, without any consideration of the karmic consequences. Now, you might say, well, why would it be black magic? Or why would negative karma, let's say it this way, result from, or any kind of negative consequence result from me trying to better my life? Well, this is not just me. Again, my role is basically that of a teacher. My background is that of a journalist. So I'm just reporting on what many teachers and scholars and researchers, philosophers and sages have said about this principle of attraction. You really need to understand that you exist essentially on two levels and that your identity as an ego or a personality is like the south pole of a bar magnet. While your identity as a spiritual being, your so-called higher self or your soul, is like the north pole of a bar magnet. Now, it's not that one end of this personality bar magnet is the good end, the soul, and the other end is the bad end. It's just that, as religion implies when it talks about sin and sinning, concept that I think is also grossly misunderstood, what it's really referring to are the temptations of the South Pole, so to speak, the temptations of the ego to be so interested in the self that it does not consider the consequences of its behavior in the way we impact other people. The higher self, if you will, the North Pole of the bar magnet, recognizes that we are not separated in spite of appearances from anyone or anything. That as consciousness or awareness, as the soul, so to speak, we're everywhere equally present. And part of the one thing, as the ancient Egyptians would say, or more commonly today, the one life. You look at the environmental ecosystem and you see great diversity, but you also see this unity that emerges, relying on the strength of diversity. And the paradox of the one and the many is an ancient paradox, unity and diversity. It's not the one or the many, unity or diversity, it's unity and diversity. So all things come from the one, but the one comes out of all things. This is your pluribus unum, out of many, one. So we see that in the ecosystem, and it's a basic spiritual principle that in spite of the appearances that were separated, and everybody's on their own, it's not true. And so every behavior that you take, every word that you speak, every thought and feeling, and most fundamentally, every intention that you form 
behind those thoughts, feelings, words, and behavior. Every intention that you form has its consequences that ripple out through the oneness of all things and can bounce back, all right? Just as if you've ever, in a physics, maybe in school, high school or college, you've played with ripple tanks and wave tanks, and or you may know something of music and audio and the way sound waves behave very much like water waves and the way it can ripple out and bounce back. And karma is the same thing. There's a rebound effect. Whatever you give, you receive. That's the way Christ said it. You reap what you sow. And a fundamentalist Christian will tell you, well, that's a reference to the consequence of going to heaven or hell. But a philosopher, particularly one who has studied Middle Eastern and Eastern philosophy and even Western mysticism, will tell you, no, it's more immediate than that. Sort of like John Lennon's song, Instant Karma. There can be karma across lifetimes, of course, but there's a boomerang effect that can come back on you very quickly in instants, in moments, seconds, or in hours or days, in weeks and months and years. Depends on the cycles. But in a sense, every intention behind every word, every thought and deed is rippling out constantly and coming back on you constantly. And so your life really mirrors your consciousness or your awareness, which is why we work weekly, like so many other teachers, to help you wake up and to become more aware of awareness itself, more aware, more conscious of the intention behind your thoughts and feelings and how the vast majority of what people think they are is involuntary perception. Your thoughts, for the most part, are not deliberate or conscious. Your feelings, for the most part, are not deliberate or conscious. It's involuntary perception, and the vast majority of human beings spend their entire lives believing they are this involuntary perception of thought and feeling. Teachers have made it clear, however, that the magnetic nature is not really in what you do or in how you think and feel. It's not positive thoughts or negative thoughts that are magnetic so much as the awareness behind them that is magnetic. And so when your awareness of your thoughts is low, the law of attraction is not that effective. It takes much more repetition in order to create a particular outcome. By raising your conscious awareness, the magnetic nature of the intention or the awareness behind your thoughts and feelings is enhanced. It not only comes around faster, stronger magnetic attraction, but the quality and the value of what you aspire to changes. It 
It changes from a desire for material things that benefit the separative egoic self to an aspiration for personal growth to be of greater service to other people. That shift from desire to aspire, that shift from caring about the self and you or me to you and me happens naturally when one develops their conscious awareness. So in the premium training that begins in about 15 minutes, we're going to, in detail, explain the karmic consequences of the law of attraction, explain a little more, as I've attempted to hear, about the fact that what's really magnetic is not your thoughts and feelings so much as the awareness or the consciousness you could call it attention or intention behind those thoughts, feelings, speech, and behavior. That's the magnetic quality that is left out of the secret. And karma is the law of attraction. And so the consequences that come back, whether you judge them as good or bad, there's ultimately no such thing as good karma or bad karma any more than there's good gravity or bad gravity, right? Uh, The fact that you don't fly off into space, you could call it good gravity. That you fell off your bicycle and broke your leg, you could say is bad gravity, but it's absurd. (laughs) The point is, it's simply a law of physics, gravity. Karma is the same way. It's neither good nor bad. It's just law and there are consequences for your actions. It's a rather beautiful way to design a universe, actually, to make sure, I think parents make an attempt to do this, the enlightened ones, to make sure that an individual learns the lessons they need to learn to realize that while they appear to be separated beings, they're really part of one life. And we need to learn to release the concept of me or mine or self and yield to the higher truth that there's just one of us here. There's only one life at work. You have a unique perspective. You're looking out a different window than anybody else. Your view as long as you're an incarnated being in form in particular, is a unique view. Again, diversity in form is true and part of the paradox of unity and diversity. Just as we mentioned the ecosystem and how all of these forms of life are diverse and every individual creature within a given species or set of species is diverse. There's no replication. And yet, out of this diversity comes this incredible unity. So the diversity comes from the unity, but the unity comes from the diversity as well. This is a great quote by Heraclitus in in pre-Socratic Greek times that the many comes out of the one, and yet Also, the one comes out of the many. 
not that different really from the second rubric of hermetic philosophy called the law of correspondence, as above, so it is below. And as it is below, so it is above. The same concept. Now, can you see how you reap what you sow? Or you must give in order to receive is part of that same concept. What goes around comes around. You go where you look and you get what you expect. And for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. (laughs) I mean, just everywhere you turn, you see this principle. And the order is important. It's not harvest and then sow. It's not receive and then give, although many of us behave as if it were that way. I'll begin to love other people when they love me. I'll forgive that person after they forgive me or apologize to me. Uh, Better said, (laughs) I'll apologize after they apologize. And so that's turning the laws upside down and inside out, putting it in a reverse order. Makes it backwards and rather ridiculous. So it's so in order to reap. You reap what you So you receive what it is that you give. In other words, anything you want, give that away. Well, what's the law of attraction? It is a perverse, as as revealed by most teachers today, it is a perverse understanding that celebrates this illusion of being this separated self, that you can use spiritual laws for your own selfish interests. And now you're Mickey Mouse and the Sorcerer's Apprentice who thinks all you need is the book of conjuring and the wizard's hat and you can persuade the mop to mop up the water all by itself. And when it won't stop going to the well and bringing the water, you split it with an axe as if force the force of your own will is going to allow you to be some great wizard or great sorcerer. And will is not the power of the mind. Willpower is an essential mental power, but it is not the key mental power. Love and imagination are much more important than willpower. And so a sorcerer's apprentice would not know such things and make a fool out of himself. So you wonder why the law of attraction may not be working for you or why it may boomerang on you and whatever you get, you end up losing somehow in the long run and you're really not getting ahead like people that win the lottery and it just makes their lives miserable. They attracted all this money and All of a sudden, all of their relatives and friends and people they've never met are knocking on their door wanting money. Or they run out and splurge on expensive cars and things that end up disappearing so that just a few months down the line, they've squandered the whole windfall. Life is a mirror that reflects the mind of man. Truly, the mind of man reflects the universe. 
But the universe also reflects the mind. So it bounces back and forth. Again, what you put out comes back on you and always has karmic consequences, as you'll hear in the premium training that follows in just about eight minutes or so. You cannot separate karma, the consequences of your intention, as well as thought, feeling, speech, and action. You cannot separate karma from the law of attraction. Karma is the law of attraction. And if we're going to use spiritual principles, they need to be always for the greatest good of all concerned. We need to humble ourselves and ask, what can we do for others? And in that way, you're using the principles for the highest and greatest possible good. But if you attempt to conjure, to use occult powers, spiritual laws, like the magnetic nature of attraction, to promote and develop what essentially is an illusion, the separated self, the karmic consequences that you create are likely to be uncomfortable, (laughs) shall I put it that way? Again, not a punishment. Karma is never a punishment. It's just often challenging and difficult and sometimes severe lessons to teach you what you need to learn. That no man is an island and that you do not live separately from anyone or anything else. You're part of the whole, the one life. Religious people like to talk about one God, but they still make this God separate and remote, living very far away in some secret corner of the universe. And occasionally a religious person may say, well, God is everywhere, as if to say God knows what you're doing. But God is everywhere. It's not that divinity stands separate from its creation. Divinity is its creation. There is no separation at all. Divinity is every human being, every animal, every tree and flower, every blade of grass, the sky, the water, the intergalactic dust, as well as the grand galaxies and clusters of galaxies and universe or perhaps multiple universes. This is an expression of divinity. And the universe is in you. Just as surely as the whole ocean is in every drop of water, even if the drop of water is not in the ocean, the ocean is in the drop. Hope you'll join us for the premium training. If you haven't enrolled yet, just jump over now to the website, theagelesswisdom.com. The w's.theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars and then premium training. Use your ATM card, your bank card, credit, debit card. You can sign up in about 60 seconds. The thank you page and an email will confirm 
the URL that you'll need at 10.30 and uh, the password as well. Although you can come back at any time and listen to the replay on demand. We'd like to have you there live if possible. And uh, so that's about it for our webinar this morning. This is podcast as well. I'm checking Q&A. I don't see any questions right now or comments, but if you are with us live and want to use the text box on the webpage in front of you, please do so. Include at least your first name and your city and click submit, and I'll take a look at those later. You'll also enter your email address so I can answer you later if you'd like. Appreciate that. Or you can email me anytime at my initials, MB, like Michael Benner, at theagelesswisdom.com. Appreciate you being here today. Have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Great September. Hope it cools off. It's been real hot here in Southern California anyway. And uh, as always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. So long from L.A.